This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. We need to make fun of people that can't possibly ever find us, like, like people in Papua New Guinea or something like that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You're every Wednesday and sometimes Thursday. Yep. Podcast brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org. My name is Recius. I'm your host. With me, as always, is the one, the only, Fat Jay. Hello. Uh, once of the Booty Boys, mm-hmm. but now Still, just the Leaky Banana. You can't get out of the Booty Boys. Once a Booty Boy, yeah. always. But you weren't actually one of the Booty Boys. You were Fat Jay. That was and the leader of the Booty Boys. your crew was the Booty Boys. That's right. And of course, what are we talking about? You might be asking yourself, well, we're referring to Inside jokes. one of the Adepticon team names uh, that we had many years back. Yes. It was Fat, Fat Jay Sleaze and the Booty Boys. Yep. And it was one of the best team names of all time. That was my rap name <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Fat Jay Sleaze. Also, Just, Silent Jay. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> it was good because yeah. that could go so many different it ways. Could. And the outfits were... Yeah. Uh, jorts only. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. Yeah. So besides talking about silly team names, we also talk about gaming. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, FrontlineGaming.org, you can pick up all your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount. All the days of the week, we saw all kinds of cool stuff. FLG mats, ITC terrain, mm-hmm. GW product at a discount. So check it out. Yeah. And if you want something, please buy it and keep us in business. Yes. Please let us continue eating. <laughs> so, uh, sorry we missed you last week, but as we had let you all know, many of us were on vacation. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, several of us, including Pablo and myself, were off at the Throne of War GT that took place in Hawaii this past weekend. It was a lot of fun. And now we're back. We were going to try and broadcast yesterday, but um, we took a red eye back and we were just too tired, so we pushed it back to today. So, for those of you joining us on Thursday, thank you so much. Hope you enjoy the show, and for everybody watching or listening on iTunes or watching on YouTube, etc. Yeah, no Nothing's change. changed. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, it just means Mariana has less time to edit and get this thing ready to go. So, news. SoCal Open, the 40K Champs especially, is almost sold out. We're well over 200 registered players. Nice. So if you do want to go, please don't uh, push it off any longer. Uh, we are capping it at 256, and we are closing in on that target. Uh, very cool. It's exciting. It's going to be one of the biggest events in the country. Uh, going to generate a ton of points and it's one of the last uh you know quote unquote super majors leading into the home stretch before the the end of the season which is the lvo so please grab those tickets the event is october 26th and 27th of 2019 takes place at the del mar fairgrounds and as you can see in that picture uh, if you are looking if you're watching this mm-hmm. that is an actual picture of the del mar fairgrounds it's right next to the beach is that yeah it is are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I don't think that is. Now you're making me doubt I, Well, no, I, I think that's a picture of Del Mar, but it's not the fairgrounds. Yeah, maybe. See, that, that, I think it's over over here. But still, that is an accurate depiction of where you're going to be playing. Though. Right. Like, yeah. you're going to be playing in the water. <laughs> On floating and, tables. Uh, there's going to be ladies serving cocktails. Mermaids. mermaids in yes. Ladies in mermaid outfits. Or No, they're actual it's mermaids. Mariana in a mermaid outfit. It's a little awkward, though, because they're uh, top half fish, bottom half lady. Oh. Right. Yeah. So it makes it hard to hold the tray. <laughs> it's not the good one. Well, it depends, <laughs> I guess. Is either one good? It depends, I guess, what you like. 
what your preferences that's a, are. That's a bit of a Sophie's choice right there. <laughs> you get half fish, half half We're, girlfriend. Which which kind, part is fish? Kind of in the same vein, but somebody. That's true. Top half fish. Don't have to talk, but Ooh. then you're kissing a fish. Mm. You don't have to kiss them. <laughs> so anyway, SoCal yeah. Open. Uh, no mermaids, nor will you be playing in the water. However, mm. it's an awesome location. It makes a really really awesome family can, vacation. It, and yeah, I mean, you can kind of see the water from it. It's it's right next to it. You can hear the, the waves. There's a little hill yeah. that, that is blocked line of sight. Nobody understands this is an ongoing joke. Because yes. a couple of people were, were actually upset that they were not playing on the water. Or on the, like, on the beach. On the beach. We actually yeah. had some people upset about that. Mm -hmm. It's so funny the things people complain about. But then like one, one person complained about, he said, when we went to the fairgrounds, he's like, I thought there was going to be a carnival because in the picture... There was a carnival going on mm. in the picture, and I literally just Googled Del Mar Fairgrounds. Yeah, that's just a photo. And I'm like, that's that's not the way it is, like, every day. I was like, that's... But now, I mean, if that's fair, the they, only picture you they saw... They do have stuff going on, All the, well, Right now, especially, it's cracking. The race... The horse races are going to begin in the next mm. week or two. And if you're around, if you're in the San Diego area, the going to the race, the races is so much fun. Especially yeah. opening day, because all the, the girls all have the big hats and the dresses. The yeah. guys get all dressed up. It's well, the, so much. The fair fun. is still going on too. Yep. So, which I went this year for the first time. It's a blast. It was okay. There's a lot of food, so I see yeah. a lot of people go. Like, there's only so many like chickens you can pet. And, yeah. Well, they always have, they have concerts every night too. Yeah. So if you're in the San Diego area, if you're curious about it, the the area where the SoCal Open is held right now, the county fair is going on, and it's it's really fun. There's a ton. You get deep fried Twinkies. And there was a. I paid five bucks to see. They had a, a twenty foot alligator. Really? Yeah. That's huge. It was, it had an, it was like one of those ones, you know, the, the attractions where you, you have to pay to get in, but it was, I've never seen, it was like scary. Like it was yeah. behind this glass, like, and then you can look under the water and it was like the, the, the feet or whatever, the hands were like bigger than my head. Like it was, Ugh. this thing would eat you in one bite. That's a dinosaur. I'm sure it was like sedated, but it oh. was like, oh. My, um, my cousin was, uh, my cousin's a crazy, crazy outdoorsman. And he kayaked across Northern Australia solo. Mm -hmm. And this was like 20 years ago. And there's nothing in Northern Australia, by the way, if, if you're unfamiliar, it's like desolate. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me a story about one morning when he was pushing his kayak out into the ocean. They call them salties. A saltie like jumped out of the water or went from the, the jungle over his kayak and then out into the water. Ooh. And he was like, he said it was so humongous. And he was just like, he's like, yeah. if that thing was trying to eat me, I'd be dead. <clears throat> Yeah, I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Those are looking millions of years back into the past. Oof. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, that's there if you want to see it. So anyway, kind of yeah. went off onto a little tangent there, but that was fun. Uh, a big announcement for the Las Vegas Open. We're very excited. We are now officially an X-wing West Coast or the excuse me, the FFG West Coast Grand Championship event nice. for X-wing Imperial Assault, Star Wars Legion, and Armada. Uh, this is a really big deal. It's the only Grand Championship event on the West Coast. And tickets are selling very quickly, especially for Star Wars Legion sold out the first day. So if you want to come to this event, uh, the top players for each event will be invited to the, to the uh, World Championships event, which is a really big deal. So if you want to come, please grab those tickets. Don't hesitate. Uh, like I said, X-Wing selling very, very quickly. We already have like 100 unique. Um, and it just, the tickets just went up for sale. That's crazy. Yeah, it's going to fill up. Um, and we do have a heat on Friday and Saturday, qualifying heat for X-Wing. And then the top players who each go on to the top cut on Sunday, which is the, the 32 best. And then they play to, to resolve who's going to be the number one mm -hmm. person at the event. Uh, and it makes it really convenient because you can either come on Friday, 
play or Saturday, and then if you make the top cut, you'll play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're coming to the, the LVO and you want to do other events as well, maybe you want to play some 40K or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Age of Sigmar, whatever the case may be, this makes it really flexible um, for you to come and participate. Yeah, it's really cool to see these like um, other game systems flourishing, which is always what we wanted at the Las Vegas yeah. Open. Like we wanted to see X-Wing, you know, we wanted to see Fantasy Flight Games and all, you know, Privacy Press do really well. I'm not sure. I, I talked to the guys from TT Combat. I'm not sure if you've been in, in contact with them, uh, but they said that they would also be running some um, some drop zone and drop ship commander events as well, yeah. which I think is a return. I don't think we had any last year. No, we've had it every year, um, but there's, there's always been some challenges because mm-hmm. Hawk was being acquired by TT Combat, mm-hmm. and so it, it's been the transitional period for them, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't had a chance to get fully caught up on my email yeah. since returning from vacation, but... We had been talking to them, and they said they wanted to come out. So. Yeah, no, it sounds like it's going through. So great, fantastic, awesome. And I think um, Malifaux will be in its third edition yes. by then as well, which yep. is really exciting because you know we've kind of seen a little bit of a slowdown on that just while people were getting getting ready for this transition. So yeah, so it's going to be very exciting. Tons of new stuff, uh, more space this year. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So again, if you're an FFG enthusiast and you want to come to the West Coast. Uh, grand championship please go get those tickets so that you don't miss out and there will be magic this year yes and card games so yep. that's all i think still in development but it's coming along pretty quickly um so i think we should have information soon yeah by so, next week at yeah. the latest yeah uh and then we have a whole hall where we're going to be doing card games some mm-hmm. really cool stuff like gundam builds and all kinds of yeah. really neat unique a things lot of like alternative done. stuff that we haven't done before yeah so so really truly now opening up to pretty much darn near everyone yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun can't wait to see can't wait to see everybody. Um, mm-hmm. oh, thankfully, this year don't have to make as much terrain because that was Ooh. that was a nightmare last year. Uh, still have to make quite a bit, but not nearly as bad. Uh, this last weekend, as I had mentioned, uh, Pablo, Abuse Puppy, and myself were over yeah. in Hawaii at the Throne of War GT. It was put on by Amory and all of his uh, crew there, Brett Perkins and everybody. We wanted to say thank you so much for having us. Uh, it was awesome. Got a little bit of a mini vacation. Um, I have family out there and had an opportunity to go hang out with my cousins. Uh, go to the beach, all that fun stuff is really, really, really enjoyable. Uh, if you're considering going next year, I highly recommend it. It sounds like they're going to be upgunning to a bigger venue. And uh, it's cool because getting out to Hawaii now, especially with uh, Southwest, they're doing all these really, really affordable tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, our, our ticket round trip was only a couple hundred bucks. It's like three, four hundred bucks round trips. really not that bad. And um, it makes it quite affordable. And if you go out, you don't have to go stay in like Waikiki or whatever. You can stay, you know, a little bit further outside of the city and it's, it's much more affordable. But it makes a really, really good vacation. Mm-hmm. And it's not that far from Australia, relatively speaking, to the, compared to the mainland United States. And we're, what we're hoping for is like one of my cousins, Ranto, that lives in uh, Australia, he's going to try and come out next year so that he can bring his family out mm-hmm. and we can have like a little mini family vacation. So... I think this is a really cool event that uh, draws from both locations. Does it have room to grow? Yeah. From what I had spoken to them, they're going to upgun into a bigger venue for uh, next year because nice. they sold out the event. It was at the Dole Cannery, which is pretty cool. It's like a little piece of yeah. history. But um, you think they were definitely you know, pushing the, how, much, how many people they could fit in there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's cool. Like if you're an Australian player or if you're in Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, in, uh, Japan or Korea or, mm-hmm. or China, you know, it's, it's a lot closer than flying all the way to the U S yep. you know, and I think be, to Europe, because it's kind of like right in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. I think that as if they continue, if they have the desire to continue to grow it, I think that's going to be the, the kind of the cool part about it is that mm-hmm. you'll be able to draw from all of these 
kind of disparate regions mm -hmm. and it's not as it's way more convenient to get there than it is mainland United States or mm -hmm. Europe or whatever. So I think in time this could grow to be a pretty, pretty notable event. Nice. And uh, even if it doesn't, you know, become <clears throat> a, enormous because they don't really have a lot of venues in uh, Hawaii that mm -hmm. can support that, it was a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. Everyone was super nice. Um, <clears throat> event ran really, really smoothly. Had a good time. Uh, I was lucky enough to come into third place. I was running a pure Ashmilitarum. Uh, Abuse Puppy got second with mm -hmm. his nasty Eldar. It's a Eldar Flyer and Wave Serpent list. Flyer spam. Yeah, mm. it's six six flyers and like five Wave Serpents. God, people brutal. don't run that enough. They're so hard to deal with. It is a brutal. A couple flyers are hard to deal with. Yeah, especially Eldar flyers. Yep, and they're really good in ITC format, particularly because it's difficult to get to consistently get a kill each turn mm -hmm. right like uh, especially if you have like a shooting army yeah it's it, it's very difficult to shoot down eldar flyers and wave serpents <clears throat> every single turn right yes. so it's easy for the other player to start jumping ahead of you on kill kill more mm -hmm. um so that's kind of like one of the the strengths of it now one of the downsides is it can be difficult to to take board control with an army like that. Like Rave Serpents are pretty durable, but they don't want to be in melee because mm -hmm. that's where it's easiest to kill them. So they can struggle on that end of it. And then of course, you know, whenever you're playing a flyer army, if possible, try and just get boots on the ground. Yeah, uh, and like take, their, take their boots off the ground. Yeah. That, that's the way to be do it. But, exactly. But yeah, you can, I, I run a, my night list, with shooty nightly with, with guard, would struggle yeah. to play, to t take out one flyer a turn. Yeah. Especially those ones, so. It's, it's difficult when they're minus, you know, one, two, even three to hit. It mm -hmm. can be literally impossible for some armies to hit, which is silly. You should always be hit on a six. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Uh, if you're like a guard player out there, like the tank commander mm -hmm. with the relic battle cannon is actually pretty good at killing mm -hmm. them. Like, is you usually going to be hitting on fours or fives, and that's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, and then when you do hit them, you hurt them very badly. It usually takes only three or four connections to kill them. Um, but, yeah, it can be a struggle. And then a big congratulations to Fred. He got first place with pure ultramarines. And uh, that was my first time playing against that list, and we'll talk about it more in the tactics uh, section. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's a list that's really popular in the Midwest, thanks to Aaron Towler, who, to my knowledge, was the first person to play it. But it's Bobby G, two Repulsors, three Predators, and then kind of like a mix of whatever, whatever mm -hmm. uh, ground units you find to be the most effective. But that is a nasty list. He beat me pretty soundly. That was my only loss. Um, and it is, it's pretty intimidating to go up against it because the Repulsors have a ludicrous amount of shots. And then the Predators with the kill shot strategy are absolutely deadly. Uh, really, really strong combo. And much like Sean's list, it becomes difficult to consistently score points on them because all those units are pretty tough to kill. Mm -hmm. Like they're not presenting you with any soft targets. Um, I, what I found also is that uh, that list struggles to get board control because everything has to stay right near Bobby G. Mm -hmm. But they tend to kill everything that they can see and then they can start sp spreading out as the game goes on. So really cool to see Pure Space Marines uh, performing so well. He and Sean actually tied in the final game, but Fred had gotten so many points. He, he creamed like everybody he played mm -hmm. that he still won on, on battle points. <clears throat> um, so, you know, it's a bit of a gimmick list, but Pure Ultramarines doing pretty well. Yeah, and I'm going to be hopefully trying out my Pure Ultramarines list here soon. So Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because when he and I played, uh, we played on a table that had mm -hmm. three big line of sight pieces, blocking pieces of terrain, but they were in basically a line going down the middle of the table, like six feet. Mm -hmm. And they were all oriented in the same way. So it was basically like, if we would have played normal, you know, traditional Dawn of War deployment, I would have had a ton of line of sight blocking terrain. But since we played Hammer and Anvil, there was like a line down the middle of the table that was like maybe eight, nine inches wide. Mm -hmm. 
But since it was Hammer and Anvil and I went first and it was deploy first, go first, like he could just counter deploy me so easily and I basically couldn't hide. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> it was a little rough and my, I thought I was gonna be able to take him out because he deployed his predators on the line mm -hmm. and I got, I, I chose to go first and my scout sentinels, I'm like, oh, okay, they'll tag the predators right away and stop them from shooting. I was like, if I can just kill one repulsor on my first shooting phase, I think I'm gonna, I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But man, my, my dice just crapped the bed hard. I did the, um, I shot my predator at the repulsor, twin linked it, double shot the whole nine yards, mm -hmm. hit it 10 times. I was like, yeah, baby. I rolled eight ones and twos to wound. There you go. I was like, oh, yeah. And then my tank commander didn't do as much as I was hoping either. And yeah. I ended up only doing eight, eight wounds to one of the repulsors. And after that, I, I just couldn't recover. Mm -hmm. I had a chance, I had a small chance the Bolgren made it up the table. And um, they beat the snot out of Bobby G. They killed him. But then, mm -hmm. of course, he got back up. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. He got back up. And then he, uh, between all the, his whole army and Bobby G, killed the Bolgren. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm done. Yeah. I, I can't do anything now. And those eliminators, the primary snipers are. They're great. Uh, they're guard's worst nightmare. Yeah. He was killing two characters a turn. I couldn't do anything. There's nothing yeah. I could do. It's, I mean, it's almost worth it as a guard player sometimes now with, uh, to take Chimera. Or, or you know something where they can yeah. you can use it as a mobile command yeah because um, they're so easy to kill and it used to be you can just hide them but now well what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do now is put the Bogan, the Bogan bodyguard back in yeah because they're like, so good God dude I was getting trucked by those things because they don't need line of sight they still mm -hmm. hit on twos and and uh, Fred was really smart he put them in the repulsors so I couldn't kill them mm -hmm. before they had a chance to shoot yeah then they get out but they're plus two to hit with the ignore line of sight shot so it was like. He's still hitting on twos, yeah. wounding me on threes with a reroll because of Bobby mm -hmm. G. And it was like, I just... And then in cover, I think they have a two-up save. Yeah. They're really good. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, Pablo was using them and he stopped. And he said that he had stopped using them because they're ineffectual against wow. higher t uh, any high armor save yeah. characters, like space screen characters. And I, I could see I that. I don't know. He was, t he was using them to take out my uh, paladin characters. Really? Pretty easy, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty nasty. I mean, they, they were good, and they're not easy to kill either. Like you said, they have a two-up yeah. save. And in cover. I that, was impressed. The only way I killed them is I I, uh, I popped off Astral Amp yeah. on my Paladins, and then I just shot him with 40 Storm Bolters. I'm like, well. Ignore cover. Ignore, and, minus yeah, minus, and then minus one rend on the, the other. Like, bye-bye. Yeah. God, yeah. Such a good unit. Anyways, uh, how did Pablo do? Uh, Pablo got defeated by Fred as well okay. in round three. And um, Pablo, what place did you end up getting overall? But no, oh, he's he stepped out. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how he did overall. He didn't do too, he didn't do too bad. I think he went three and two. Okay. Um, not bad. And yeah, it was really, for a, really a fun. Chapters man. tactics host. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, it was fun. I got to play some really different armies. Um, I played against like a one because I had 173 models in my guard army. It was a, a horde. Mm -hmm. And then I played against a gentleman who had 170 uh, chaos infantry. It was renegades and heretics with uh, pox walkers, but he had 812 points to summon in more pox walkers to keep making the unit bigger. Mm -hmm. So it was like these two insane horde armies nice. that smashing each other. And you would think that game would have gone forever. We were done so fast. Yeah. It was cause like the first turn, everything smashed into, or by turn two, everything was in combat and it was just deadly. Cause Catachan infantry mm -hmm. are so point. They're like, they're underpriced for what you get. And with the um, infantry uh, company from Vigilus, there's a stratagem that lets you fight when you die. Mm -hmm. So I would go in fight, and then he would, in his turn, he would attack. I would fight again when I died. And then in, when it got back to my turn, I'd fix Bayonet's fight and then fight again in the fight phase. Yeah. So each Katachan, I was getting like 12 attacks out of him before he died. They're really good. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then the, the, the 
Parks Walkers and the Renegades and Heritage, they just, there was, there was so, like the math just said there was no chance in hell they, they were going to win that fight, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a really fun game. I got to play against the Talonar. That was intimidating because we played on a table that had literally no line of sight blocking terrain. It had, it had line of sight blocking terrain, but nothing that was more than like four inches tall. Mm -hmm. So the Talonar was like, could see the whole table. I was like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be tough. But um, I managed to get it into melee really, really early in the game, and that, that there you go. saved my ass. But um, a lot of fun, highly recommend it, and we'll talk more about the top lists in the tactics section. But again, wanted to say thank you to the Throne of War GT staff for having us out, and we look forward to coming next year. And like I said, I hope to see. The plan is, is that some of our Australian buddies are going to meet us there, so that should be a lot of fun. Maybe if I just say I'm going to show up, there'll be a bounty on my head. They'll all come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put this jiu-jitsu to work uh, yeah, yeah was that guy Chapa, the famous uh australian criminal maybe they sent him after you yeah, yeah. anyways at any rate uh big uh release this coming weekend yes warmer 40k apocalypse and this is pretty cool so apocalypse it's one of, for me apocalypse has always been one of those things that it's more fun in uh, idea than in, yes. in in practice i've played a ton of apocalypse games yep to varying degrees of enjoyment. Like, you get, like everyone gets super juiced about it. You super show up, juiced. you put like a month of work into it. You show up and then within an hour or two, you're like, this is awful. Yeah. Like you're sitting there, you know, it's yeah. just boring. Yeah. So, you know, like everybody else, I think I, I, I did the one time my club got so fired up. We did a hundred thousand. It was like 50 K on 50 K. Yeah. Took all day. It was not that much fun. And then uh, we like in the early days of uh, frontline gaming, we used to run a week, or a month, we used to do a monthly apocalypse game mm -hmm. where everybody could bring, I think we limited it, like you could bring 1500 points and then as much super heavy stuff as you wanted. Mm -hmm. And then I would be like the, the GM. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't play, but I would just be like the referee to keep things moving along. And that was the most fun we ever had playing apocalypse because we would get done in like five hours, six yeah. hours. And we would be like, <clears throat> you know, 20,000 on 20,000 of which, you know, half was super heavies. Yeah. And then it was like, I would just, my job would just be like, okay, now get ready. You start doing this. You get start ready, get yeah. moving, blah, blah, blah. And then it was fun because you weren't just sitting there just like interminably waiting forever for mm -hmm. your game. But most people I don't think did it that way. And I think Apocalypse was, you know, like Mark Twain said about um, uh, classic novels, they're often discussed, discussed seldom read. Mm -hmm. I think Apocalypse was often discussed and seldom played. Yeah. But I had been paying attention to the, the upcoming um, apocalypse changes and i'm actually pretty intrigued yeah you know like they, they sound like they've simultaneously streamlined it but then also made it less punishing which sounds weird but we'll talk about some of the rules changes because it sounds pretty cool right like yeah. first of all it's, it's a new game it's got it's, it's a brand new game yeah yeah different game mechanics they use d12s are one of the core the units have different stats yep. and abilities which is cool yep and it's all free download pdf for every single unit which is awesome it's like what they did with the War Scroll cards with uh, Age of Sigmar when it first came over. Yeah. So it's, you have new stat lines. I mean, it's, it's still pretty similar, right, to mm -hmm. what you know. Like in 40K, it's not like a dramatic change. Yeah. But now you have, like, different profiles like for your weapons, like strength against infantry, strength against tanks. Mm -hmm. um, and when you roll to hit, you use a D6. When you roll to damage, you use a D12, if I'm remembering correctly. But um, the cool thing about it is that you you alternate doing things. It's it's more of a it's not an I go you go strictly. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of interaction throughout the turn. Yep. So you're not just sitting there waiting like for maybe an hour or more while your opponent does their turn. Right. 
And then uh, the coolest change, in my opinion, besides the using a D12 for damage, um, which which really needed, adds a lot of variability mm-hmm. into the math, is the fact that damage is resolved at the end of the turn. Mm-hmm. So you shoot, and then you're like, okay, I hit, okay, I, I damage, and then you put like a little a small yeah. blast marker down. Yeah, then you're like, that unit's done. And or, then I think your opponent goes next, and they're like, okay, now this unit's going to shoot. And it's yeah, just back and then and you, forth. you stack the, you, if I'm, okay, I think I'm saying it wrong. For a small blast, it's like you do a D6 for damage for a large is a D12, if I remember correctly. I'm not exactly sure, uh, but I know that like damage is resolved through the blast markers, and you, you put them down as things go on during the turn. Yep. And then at the end of the turn is when everyone say, okay, this unit has three blast markers, and it's out of, you have to, coherency is a big deal in yep. Apocalypse. You have to be near HQ units. Um, because like I think if you take any blast markers whatsoever and you're out of any kind of coherency with an HQ unit, they're just removed. You don't get any kind of save. Yeah. It's it, and it's the idea is to speed it up, but it's also to give you the opportunity to actually shoot your units. Yeah, like the story you always tell about the the kid with the scorpion. Let me. I don't know. So, uh, when I lived in Korea, there's one game store called Ork Town, it's still there, and it's in Seoul. Really good. If you guys have a chance, if you're ever there visiting, go check it out. Jude runs it, and uh, <laughs> this kid spent like weeks painting this brass scorpion, right? Like like beautifully painted. Puts it on the table. First turn goes to uh, the other team. And the guy, plot, he has like some secret deployment for his uh, fire dragons, it's like 20 <laughs> fire dragons. They come on right next to the brass scorpion. Everyone's looking at this guy and like, don't do it. Don't do it. And he's laughing, blows up the guy's brass scorpion. Like turn one, nothing gets to happen for the brass scorpion. The kid cried, literally sat and cried for like an hour. <laughs> and that's, that and always that's, happens. And that happens yeah. every time yeah. you play Apocalypse. Yeah. Like here's my tank battalion. You put down like 15 Lehman Russes. And someone's like, more Lord Titan, go. And it just yeah. kills the entire, all of them. You're like, well, I'm out. Yeah. So uh, anyways, the, this stops that from happening. I, I, have a, I have a good one like that too. In the, in the 100,000 point game we played, my buddy uh, Abe, he played that, do you remember that formation where it's, it's uh, uh, Demon Primarch and 10 Bloodthirsters? Yes. So he went out and he got, he borrowed 10 Bloodthirsters from all of his, for, he had some himself and he borrowed yeah. the ones he didn't. And then he made this super cool Perturabo stand-in for Angron. Mm-hmm. And he was so stoked because he put all this work into it. First thing we did was fire a Vortex missile. <laughs> just took it all off the table. He was like, oh, and yeah. then for the rest of the game, he just sat there and yeah. we were like, that was dumb. Yes. So this is- And that was help. very common. Yeah. Very, very common. Yeah. You'd have yeah. the one kid with his Bane blade, yeah. and it would get blown up immediately. And you'd be like, "All right, well, thanks for coming out." Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the 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 that that happens, right? And this what this does is it lets you at least shoot it one at time. At least gives you a chance yeah. to do some damage. So you can say, "At yeah. least I killed whatever with it before it was removed from the table." Yeah. So. So yeah, and, and as Rad Bully said in the chat, so true. Every time in Apocalypse, your favorite. Model gets vape first turn. Zelia says we had a game years ago where a brood lord outflanked with twenty gene sealer and yeah. it also had a vortex grenade hitting a line of twenty Lehman Russes and three Bane Blades. Yeah. Yeah. And those are funny stories after the fact, but when you're doing it, it's so, so not mad. fun. Yeah. And a lot of these changes sound really cool. Another one that I liked uh, from what we've been reading is that you you don't pull models off the table, you keep them on their movement trays. Right. They're really their their coherency is like half inch or something like that. Yeah. Like the units are all really packed together, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't do anything until the unit gets destroyed, and then you take the whole unit off. Which is my one critique with it so far, and I'm sure I'll have a few more after we know we get the rule books and we can read through them. But it's it doesn't um, it makes it so having the models don't matter. Well, so you're like to okay, an so so here's your unit of twenty. Like you, like if you don't like you can put literally anything down. 
and you can do that in forty k. The same too. thing is for it's for um, Kings of War is my big critique with Mantic is that literally the individual models do not matter. Like you can have a, a square base with a single model on it and be like, this is a 20 wound base. Well, I mean, you can do that in 40K too, right? Like that's- You can kind of, I guess a little bit, but it really, for me, it takes away thematically. But for Apocalypse, it makes sense. And I'm 100% on board, by the way. And, and I am a fan of Apocalypse so far from what I've think, read and seen, but- um, I hear what you're saying, but the assumption is made that you already have all the models. Right. Like, I don't think anyone's but I wouldn't, gonna- I wouldn't want to sit, like, I'm just saying like for stuff that you would have to, like I'm gonna play an Apocalypse game, right? And I'm like, okay, I need to put together a couple. I'm not gonna sit there and spend hours putting together you know bl like blocks of troops when that literally doesn't matter you know what i mean like if you already have the stuff great it doesn't matter you are just put them in your movement trays and so i don't know that's my one thing that i'm a little bit like uh doesn't really matter like unless you're gonna i don't know no i don't think anybody's gonna I'll buy formulate into... more of a an argument yeah there. but that was my first initial reaction because I, I don't see anybody like starting miniatures gaming and going straight into apocalypse mm -hmm. Apocalypse is something that makes sense when you've been playing for several years and you've amassed sure. a large collection. Yeah, if you already own yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're just putting your models so on bases. And the, and the movement bases are pretty cool. Those yeah. things, by the way, have already existed for a long time from several oh, yeah. independent manufacturers. So yeah. still support those guys, please. <laughs> Games Workshop just said that we're going to take that idea and put them on plastic. Well, I mean, they did do it first with Fantasy, so, I, you know. I'm talking about the, the, the different. Yeah variation trays well it's nice right they look uh, good they're clear plastic but the but they do exist really from useful. several other places yeah. so. and then after playing 173 model or, or army for five games i was like i really wish i had movement trays yeah especially on those tables that are lower and you're like bending over the whole time i was like oh this is well, 40k to get it's painful for general movement they're going to be good but once you have to get into like specialty movement like you'll have to in melee get them, and such, we'll get them yeah. through terrain and stuff yeah uh, El Solis, uh, sorry if this is a question was asked. Do the SoCal Open tickets get sent out closer to the event? Uh, El Solis, I don't know if you've ever been to one of our events, but we never, ever give out physical tickets. Mm -hmm. It's all digital. So, no, you'll, you will not get a, a mailed a ticket. Uh, when you come to the event, you'll register, and we do everything electronically. So mm -hmm. that goes for any event we, we run. Now I can't think of any events that actually physically mail tickets. Not you that just, I know You, you kind of show up, and, and your name is on a list, and yep. that's kind of how it works. Yep. Great King, 1711, thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, we really appreciate it. All the money goes directly back into Mariana's, the cast. Uh, Mariana's lunch fund. Ooh, nah. She gets some ramen noodles. Yeah, well, she likes that. An so. egg. <laughs> an egg? An no, egg whoa, whoa, whoa. Egg. Slow down there, champ. Well, this guy just subscribed, so yeah, and she gets an egg. <laughs> Half. Okay. Half an egg. <laughs> Uh, but I'm really excited for Apocalypse, and I am too. Now I'm actually going to give it a whirl. I'm, I'm always reluctant to try any new game just because it's challenged to put it in my brain. Yeah. But um, it looks pretty cool, man. And like, I, like most of us who've been gaming for a very long period of time, I have like a lot of big models. Like, you know, in the office we have a Revenant, uh, yeah. a Tawinar, you know, a, yeah, the Orc a, one. A, yeah, the um, Stampa. Yeah. Like we the have stuff you're never going to really use. You know. We don't really, you know, and it's. It's fun to take the big stuff out, put it on the table, and have some fun. You know, as our friend Blake says, just pull it out and play with it. That's right. And uh, I think these rules are going to help to make that more enjoyable. So we'll have to wait and see. I agree. I am skeptically Cautiously excited. optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Skeptically, skeptically optimistic. optimistic. Uh, uh, I've been fooled before. Yeah. But uh, so far, with, you know, with that, that cute lady on that video, she, she made it sound fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. Good job, Games Workshop. Uh, also, on another note, I got a chance to see someone using the um, 
the contrast, contrast paints, paints in real yeah. life and they, they are at least in the specific scenario right. that I saw they were pretty impressive you know I, I'm getting mixed we we actually haven't had any yet to see but uh, I from what I've seen they're cool but it still is going to be one of those things that like a good painter is going to make them look good and somebody who's a bad painter is still going to make them look bad I don't know <laughs> like, I, I was watching you know uh, what I, mean? yeah. I was watching Anthony Diamore do it and he's not like he'll tell you he's not you know a golden demon winning painter. He's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but you know he's no Israel Sanchez. He's he sprayed his model silver, mm -hmm. and then he was painting the black over it, and mm -hmm. I was amazed, like, yeah, because it looked like he had painted them black and then edge highlighted them with silver. Right. Like I was like, wow, and it was I was watching him do it. It was so mm -hmm. easy, and he wasn't using like GW special primer. He just literally sprayed them silver with silver mm -hmm. spray paint, and then painted over it, and they looked really good and it was like insane how quick it was going nice. well i look forward to seeing him for sure yeah so you know that's not obviously like a comprehensive review but from what i saw i was very impressed yeah it was really cool all right itc news again as always if you like the itc you like what it's about you found it to be fun and enriched your hobby and you would like to see it continue on to grow and not put frontline gaming out of business because <laughs> it's such a drain on our resources yes. consider supporting the itc patreon uh, for those of you who are supporters, thank you so much. Uh, we're at a point now where it's it's covering a lot of our um, uh, monthly overhead, yeah. so it's already been a huge help. Yeah. And as we continue to move forward and hit milestones, we're going to start to do more fun stuff. Like we paid for half of uh, a flight for the Australian ITC champion to come out to the LVO 2020. Mm -hmm. um, that's something we've already already done, and we'd like to do that for other regions like uh, Europe. Um, uh, UK, Canada, mm -hmm. and of course, all those things all take money. But the more the more we get into the Patreon, every penny of it goes right back into the ITC, and it lets us do more fun, cool stuff like that. Yeah. So thank you, and please consider supporting. You can do so for as little as a dollar a month if that's all you can afford. Um, we have a ludicrous amount of events coming up this week, and I know we always say Jeez, that. No, but this one's I'm scrolling down. Yeah, this is bad. It's like 35 events yeah. or something. Um, but we do have a major this weekend, the much-vaunted Boise Cup 2019. Nice. Uh, Pablo will be at that. Oh. Uh, I could not swing it. Uh, I really wanted to go because that's where my, my mom and my dad and my sister live is in Boise. Boise. Mm -hmm. They get pissed if you don't say it right. Um, what is it, Boise? It's Boise. I don't know. It's really white way of saying it. Well, it's Idaho. What do you expect? Yeah. Um, but that's a, a great event. It's run by Mr. Aaron Albert. A uh, friend oh. of ours, yeah, he relocated out there, as many people are doing. You know, Boise is the fastest growing city in the United States of America right now. I believe it. Yeah. So many people are relocating beautiful and there. it's affordable and People it's are super California. nice. Yeah. yeah. So check that out. That should be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. Uh, just uh, too much traveling. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a GT in the UK, the UK Team Championships in London, United Kingdom. And that's also going on this weekend. So check that out. That sounds like a ton of fun. But there's like 30-something RTTs spread around the world. Yeah. So take a look at those if you are interested. We also have three Age of Sigmar events coming up this weekend. And they are taking place in West Virginia, Florida, and Birmingham, Bellingham, Washington. Very cool. Your current 40K ITC top five, uh, TJ, or I was about to say Ooh. TJ Vessel. You would have been, that would have been a really angry... Canadian. You can mix those together because they play the same army anyway. That's true. <laughs> TJ was first. Han Solo shot first. Uh, Jim Vessel continues to lead the pack. 
However, that, that's narrowing. It is. We didn't think this was going to happen. We thought he was going to run away with it. Yeah. All the way to Las Vegas. But, but TJ Lanigan in second place is chasing him down. Yeah. Now, Jim, you better stop making your list public. Well, you don't have a choice. <laughs> but uh, Jim's TJ's like just like waiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, he, he. Or is it the opposite way? I don't know. I don't know. Can't knows. tell anymore. Yeah. Uh, Jim's lead has been cut down to 65 points. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot when you're saying 1140 points followed by 1075. Mm-hmm. But those 65 points when you already have five scores are actually really difficult to get. TJ needs to go and perform well at a very large event, mm-hmm. better than Jim. Of which there are still several. There's quite a few. Nova is expanded. It went up to like 300 nice. players. Yep. Uh, we still have the SoCal Open. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a few other the Boise, larger the events. The Boise one's going to be huge this weekend. Boise like a is going to be right? It should, no, no, it's not that big. I think it's it's under 100 if I remember correctly. What? It's a major, though. It's a big oh, event. Okay. But, yeah, TJ needs to go and perform well at a big event because otherwise it's going to come down to a, a race. I'm assuming they the will LVL. both be at Nova. At this point, if you're so. in the top 10, you're probably making the trip to these types of things. Well, Nova's located close to both of them, so right. I would imagine, unless yeah. they come somehow didn't get a ticket, I imagine mm-hmm. they'll be there. Uh, Richard Siegler, representing the Tau, has jumped up into third place. He actually just won an event this, Very past, nice. this past weekend. Uh, and Chris Blackham in fourth. And Nick Nonavati. I don't know. He's He was off that list for a while. He was sandbagging. And I, all of a sudden, you know what? I still think it was me. I think I goaded him into doing it. <laughs> Take credit for he it. He was be like, no, I'm just going to do this list for five bucks a pop. I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. And then I, I chided him a little bit, and he came out and showed him, you know, still still top dog. Still got it. Yeah. Old Nick. Let's see, if, let's see how he can do coming in the home stretch. But uh, it's going to be very exciting. And we have a very international uh, list on there now. we got Manny Chima from the UK, Junior Flee, our teammate here from San Diego, up, uh, up on the list. So yeah. very cool. Very San Diego's cool. finest. Uh, 40K ITC Hobby Track, top five. Jim Vessel also leading here with a significant lead. Paul Winters sitting in second place. Lou Rollins, who won it last year, has jumped up into third place. Andrew Ford in fourth, and Jason Bird in fifth. Can I just say that Lou Rollins is the most positive person I have ever met? Legitimately, Sometimes just having a bad day, you post something on Facebook, like, ah, you know, stub my toe or something or my cat died or and then Lou Rollins like, it's okay you're a great person with like a, a thumbs up and you're just like thanks oh, Lou. Jesus man he is yeah he's one of the nicest people I've, he really I've ever met yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we got your Age of Sigmar ITC top five sitting in first place the Jersey kid Matt Pashby holding it down mm. Matt Pashby uh, second place with the coolest name on the list is Dutch Adams God. third place the French overlord Jeremy Vessier Fourth place, Alex Gonzalez, and fifth place, Matt Beasley. And also, uh, Alex Gonzalez and I have been chatting, and they're going to be putting together some Age of Sigmar content that you're going to be seeing on Ooh. Frontline Gaming. Um, they going to be in the podcast network? Uh, they, I don't know if it's, we haven't hammered out all the details yet, but there's mm-hmm. going to be some really fun AOS content coming our way, which I'm excited about because we have been a little light on Age of Sigmar content lately. Um, just been... It's, it's tough to do to cover everything. Yeah, you know, you can just do a whole podcast about um, is the double turn good or bad. I think there's and been... every week you just do a new debate. Eight <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sigmar ITC Hobby Track yeah. current top five. Uh, Ricky Fisher jumps in first, followed by Philip Verduzco, Natasha Thomas in third, Rich Waters in fourth, and Matt Beasley in fifth. Uh, your Shade Spire current ITC top five. Tony Field sitting in first place. Jonathan Colson moves into second. 
Philip Santamaria drops down into third, Kevin Cruz in fourth, and Ivan Cho in fifth. Your kill team ITC top five, the one, the only, Michael T. Holy. Still rocking it, huh? Continues to lead the pack, and he has got a significant lead over second place, Ryan Hebb, which is a new name. It's good to see someone else jumping in there. Georgie Garnett moves into third, Alex Grinton into fourth, and Joseph Vloet in fifth. All right, Tactics Corner. So uh, we had six GT or larger events this previous weekend, and I jumped on over to 40kstats.com, which is put together by the Falcon, uh, or you can just go to BCP, subscribe, and then you can see every list. Oh. But uh, pretty cool. And by the way, if you haven't been paying attention, there's a new podcast on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network, uh, 40K Stats Center. And it is really good. Make sure to check it out. Episode three just dropped on uh, Wednesday, yesterday. It's really, really good. It's a lot of fun. And we will start porting those over to YouTube as well. But uh, check it out. Val Heffelfinger and the Falcon have been doing an excellent job. And it's really just focusing on the nuts and bolts of uh, what's going. Yeah, we, we just got a 40 uh, earthquake warning. Was that like a dive bomber? <laughs> I know. Like World War II? Dude, did yeah. we just transport? I think we did. Like a ship in the Atlantic? Ugh. Ugh, that'd be bad. Yeah. But uh, we went and took a look at uh, all the, the top four lists from the last weekend. Uh, and again, to finish that thought, I apologize. It threw me off with the, the B-52 doing his attack run on us. I don't know if you can hear that on the podcast or not. But uh, check out 40K Stat Center, the new podcast on the FLG Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Val and the Falcon really sounds good. like it could be a detective agency. Val and the Falcon, yeah, mm-hmm. from like the 20s. Yeah. The Pinkerton Detective Agency. I love it. Um, they do a great job. It's very entertaining, and there's a lot of it's very content rich. Yeah. So let's take a look at the who's and the what's it and the and the something or others mm-hmm. from this past uh, weekend's worth of GTs for 40k. So we had the basement open. Uh, first place was a Tau list, and I've seen this now twice. It's very interesting. Three Sunshark bombers, uh, and three hammerheads, and three sky rays. No suits. No. Two weeks ago, there was a very similar list mm-hmm. that did well. I think it got like second or third. Um, and I've, I found this really interesting because most Tau players that are competitive that I talk to swear that you, can, that, you, know, you can't win without Riptides and Broadsides mm-hmm. and that the you know, Sun Shark, Bomber, the Hammerhead, and the Sky Raider, they they're like, they're trash, yeah. they suck. I'm like, ah, man, this is the second time now we've seen somebody perform well with them, and this individual won. Well, this is why this um, edition is so great. For all these codexes like you keep seeing these new takes on armies yeah you're not getting stuck with just the riptide and the broadsides and the drones you know what i mean it's really cool i i assume that the ham that they all get the overlapping overwatch yes because that will keep them relatively safe the hammerheads get it with like only certain guns I'm not sure because like i'm like remember. well what's stopping a fast assault army like a, a slanesh army from just tying up the vehicles immediately but that's i mean that's always the tr- struggle for tower right? they have a bunch of do they have a bunch of crew or something like no it's just fire warriors generally speaking fire warriors are excellent they troops. are they They're are really, really good, good and and with them doing the overwatch like that's really good too so. and then when you have a cadre fireblade in there to give them extra shots and yeah. stuff i can see this working i mean frankie used to run a tower list with three hammerheads and then the long strike hammerhead yeah and it was really good Captain Long Dong is no joke. He's, is that his name? That's what I call him. <laughs> that's, that's Reese's pet name for him? Wow. Yes. Uh, wow. I always, I don't know why. I just, it always amuses me. Captain Long Dong. Yeah. For okay. Long Strike. Sometimes I forget it and like I'll be playing someone and I'm like, oh, what's Long Dong doing? And they're like, excuse me? And I'm like, I mean, Long Strike. Are you talking to me? <laughs> it's like, that's what my wife calls me. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> we may get older, but our jokes don't. Yeah, it's always gonna be funny. They stay junior high level. All right, what is this? Uh, so really interesting. That was cool to see. Yeah. Second place was an Azuyani list, uh, three night spinners. Uh, it, really interesting list again. It was like an Eldar horde. Mm-hmm. So yeah, besides the three night spinners, which are extremely points efficient, you had like. Uh, tons of big units of guardians, lots of harlequins and big units, and lots of witches and big units. And they're really good with their, the the volume of shots from guardians or dire avengers or whatnot, especially hitting on with the sixes. Yeah, like you can do major damage. Yeah, lots of board control. They're fast. I, I was really you can advance and shoot. It was cool because this is again it was like a very different list. Yeah, and really cool. And it's like you were saying, eighth edition. This is one of the cool things about it mm-hmm. is that you don't have to follow the herd. No. Right. Like you can do, you can play what you want to play. I have confidence in your own ideas. I've been banging this drum for forever, yeah, forever. And it's like now I think as we have the ability to really dig into the specifics of like what people are taking, thanks to Best Coast pairings and all these other neat tools that the community has built, you can really prove it now. Like you don't have to do, you don't have to play Jim Vessel's list. Yeah, like trust your own ideas. I'm sure you're gonna do, you're gonna do fine. Uh, uh, and speaking of which, uh, Jim Vessel was there and he got fourth place. Um, his army got stolen, which is a super bummer, yep. but he's playing a new one. And one of the changes I noticed <clears> that he made with his fourth, fourth place finish here is he's running two Derradeos and those are everywhere right now. They're so good. God, they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and third place was uh, kind of your more typical uh, Azuyani army with triple Hemlocks, uh, Harlequin jet bikes with Haywire, uh, you know, kind of like this more standard list. And that yep. one got third place. Uh, Flying Monkey Con was this uh, previous weekend as well. All these were this previous weekend. I don't need to say that every time. But uh, this is kind of like the new flavor of the month, I want to call it, not to, not to be disparaging towards yeah. these people. Uh, but this is like a really, really popular army, and uh, uh, Don Hoosen is kind of like the one that put it, I think, in, in the public consciousness. But it was a mixed chaos army, uh, tons of dreadnoughts, like three Derrideos, two Contemptors, and then three Disco Lords, mm-hmm. which the Lord Discordants, man. People, really good. People poo-pooed on them when they came out, like, oh, they'll never survive. They're amazing. They're good, and They're, it's one of the best-looking models they've ever yeah. put together. Uh, second place, we had a Tau army. And again, an interesting one. Tau, here we go. Tons of Fire Warriors, mm-hmm. three Riptides, and a Ghost Kill, which was interesting because everybody likes that model. is brilliant, yeah. but you don't see it very often. Right. So and, and what, Tau did extremely well this past weekend. They were by far the most successful army. Most of the lists were pretty different. Like the one kind of unifying thread was most of them had triple Riptides. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, there was a lot of variety in there, which I think is very cool. Uh, we had a pure Ultramarines list get third. Uh, lots of scouts, G-Man, a Leviathan, Dreadnought. And then this was the part that really made me uh, interested. And this is a trend I've been seeing in competitive play. Two super tricked out units of Vanguard veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten strong, like lots of storm shields, thunder hammers, double chain swords. And both units were, were decked yeah. out. Um, Aaron Along did really well with a very similar army, but just with one unit of them a couple months back. And this is very cool. I like to see this because Vanguard veterans are some of the most badass models. Um, and you can add your like stock standard kind of core with scouts and G-Man. Uh, but then you had some, some interesting elements in there with the Leviathan Dreadnought, which does massive damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then those really cool Vanguard veteran squads flying up the table, just smacking people around. And again, a big part of the reason why this is working now is because of the super discounted uh, Storm Shields yep. that you can throw on those. Uh, fourth place, and this is <laughs> very, very common right now, the return of the custodes 
and riding on the back of three palace grav yeah. tanks and three Cladius tanks. They're forge rolled. They're ridiculous. Vehicles are so good. <laughs> They're so good. First time I played against them, I played Jeff Robinson, which is yep. also not an easy person to play against, but uh, I was stunned by what they could do. Yep. They're fast. Yeah. They hit hard. Uh, they have the fly keyword, and they make it difficult to charge them. Mm -hmm. They're definitely, definitely underpriced for what you get, but take advantage yeah. of it while you can. Wow, they're yep. very strong. Uh, and it's cool to see pure custodes sure. jumping up there and getting it done. So it's, you know, it's not like it's a bad thing per se, mm -hmm. but then you'll see some of the other armies that are just taking three of them in a detachment. And it's like, okay, that's a little annoying. Mm -hmm. uh, the stay in your lane GT, uh, again, Tau coming in first place. Ooh. Very uh, interesting. The uh, uh, Triptide, mm -hmm. kind of the common, you know, uh, <clears throat> anchor to most Tau armies. Then a big unit of crisis suits, a bunch of drones, fire warriors. Pretty standard. The only really twist, and if I remember correctly, this was Richard Siegler who did that, who this was his army, was he had a unit of crisis suits. And a lot of people I've been seeing are running him with uh, uh, double or triple burst cannons. Mm. And it's just mad DACA, and they drop down and just wreck stuff. Just, yeah, some yeah. of these big mobs units are just laying them out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, second place was a pure Jukari army. And I do have to say, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was over embellished. But the change to the way we score in the ITC has definitely had an impact on the way people are building their armies. But I think it's been extremely positive. We're seeing a lot more pure armies now, mm -hmm. which is cool. I don't think anyone's going to be upset about that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. Um, this was a really interesting Jakari list. And it was like kind of what I would say is just a nice balanced list. Uh, but one of the most interesting aspects, you have three units of Scourges, three units of Mandrakes. Uh, and then you had three uh, Ravagers. You had Warriors and Venoms, just a really kind of like a well-rounded, like what you would look and see kind of in the middle of the book. Mm -hmm. Sort of an army. Very cool. Uh, the one and only appearance of Necrons in this list. They got third place. Really interesting list. The triple uh, Doomsday Arcs, which um, are very common right now. The triple Doom Scythe, which if you haven't played against the Doom Scythe with their stratagem, it's utterly devastating. Like, so brutal. Mm -hmm. They, uh, they pick a point and it does 3d3 mortal wounds to everybody within like six inches or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's devastating. Um, so the three doomsday arcs, three doom size, a tesseract vault and a cryptic and like nice. two units of scarabs. Nice. Like, I mean, you'll never have to worry about not finishing your games yep. with that army. Uh, very, very cool. What I love small unit count. Yep. Very small. Uh, and then that, that's become a big thing lately in the meta. We're seeing all these armies that have like very few models. Yeah. And, well, it's uh, annoying to play with lots of models. It too. is. Yeah. It, it really just is. To be honest. It's not fun. Uh, fourth place, no, it, it is not. Yeah. Playing 173 models this past weekend, I was definitely like, oh my God, I'm yeah. over this. Uh, we had a, another pure Custodes army in uh, fourth place. This one had uh, uh, three palace tanks and then a bunch of uh, jet bikes. Mm -hmm. Or one palace, three Cladius, and a bunch of jet bikes. Yeah, yeah you'll see that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the Throne of War GT, the one that I was at this uh, past weekend. Uh, obviously, Ultramarines took first place. We already talked about that. Azriani in second, that was Abuse Puppy with his five wave serpents and six flyers mm -hmm. uh, myself in third with a horde guard army and uh fourth place was gene sealer colt with just a shit yeah. ton of bikes and yep. acolyte units uh, kind of like the standard gse list uh, did very well uh the windy city gt uh pj pants took first place with his orcs and it was like a really mixed balanced orc army he had a couple big units of boys a couple of grots mm -hmm. some artillery the ubiquitous uh kef or, um, uh Shock attack mech, which with the uh, Vigilist attachment is insanely good. Uh, really well-rounded orc army. I liked it. Uh, second place was a mixed chaos army with demon troops, the three Disco Lords and the, the, the Dreadnoughts mm -hmm. featuring mostly Daredales. Very, very common army right now. Third place, cool list. It was uh, 
mixed Imperium with a Knight. There's a Crass Crusader, which is sort of the flavor that we're seeing most frequently. Mm -hmm. um, an Assassin Detachment with, I think it was two Kalidus, two Eversur, and Admech. Very cool list. Fourth place, Imperium with Guard. Um, the Force, I'm sorry, that one was the one that had four Assassins, and it was Guard with a bunch of artillery. Mm. So a very strong list. Uh, and lastly, we had the, the Master City Major. Um, oh no, this was Richard Siegel. This was his list. But uh, we had the triple Riptides, shit ton of drones. Yep. That's Richard's army is basically all drones and, and the Riptides yep. plus the suit commanders. So, uh, second place was Mixed Chaos. Once again, we had the three Disco Lords, Mortarian, uh, some, some character support with Aramon and Demon Troops. Third, we had Admech with the Servitor Manipole, which is really good from Vigilist if you haven't seen it. Very, very strong. Uh, two of the drills with Electro Priest. I thought that nice. was pretty cool. Yeah, and that was pure Admech. And fourth, uh, Imperium, we had three Caladius tanks. Uh, Crass Crusader, and then Guard with uh, Tank Commanders. There it was cherry-picking all the best stuff. So I need. Yep. So I did a little uh, did a little number crunching, and basically I, I went in and ranked every army based on their, their performance at GTs in mm -hmm. the past weekend. You get very simple, and feel free to give me feedback if, if anybody has a better model. But basically you got four points for uh, first place, three for second, two for third, one for fourth. Go in, rank them up, and let's see who did the best this past week in my very simple analysis. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, Tao crushed it. Yeah. Three first and one second place finish. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody out there who's, who's <clears throat> complaining about your old Tao, you shouldn't be because they have yep. been doing very well this season. Uh, Azuyani in second place, and that's mixed Eldar. Very, very strong. Chaos tied uh, for that position there. As you can see, they had a first, a second, and a fourth. And they all wore Disco Lord Dreadnought uh, armies. Space Marines holding tough with a first and a third place finish. Specifically Ultramarines though. All, it's almost yeah. all Ultramarines at this point yeah. in time. Uh, mixed Imperium in uh, coming in with uh, one third and two fourth. Orcs with a first, Drukhari with a second, at Pure Admech with a third, Ash Militarum, and then uh, down it goes. Custodes with two mm -hmm. fourth place finishes and Necrons in it with a third. But the cool thing to notice here is look how many pure armies we're seeing. Yeah. Like they far outnumber <clears throat> mixed armies at least you know within the context of this little Last slice weekend, yeah so i think that's pretty interesting I, I i don't know how much of it is because people are going for the best in faction but i would imagine that's a mm -hmm. pretty big part of it and um, we can jump into chat and see unfortunately no gray knights once again we keep holding out one of these weeks we'll see him we'll see him. Well, we did that australian gentleman he just that? needs to get to a, a gt uh brian Pullen, fleet of three yeah brian Pullen was one of those winning he had the crisis suits you are correct um he, and he's been doing extremely well this season. Uh, Don Rodeo says Radbuli. Don, Don Dario Mormont <laughs> says African. Very good. Yeah, Don, we're going to credit you with uh, unleashing the Daredale whirlwind on us. I played against a bunch of them at the Throne of War. Yeah. Um, they are tough, man. Uh, Fleet of Three says happy to do his part for the greater good. And uh, Grey King, 1711, Tao, and their... <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Long Dong list is doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, 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 Kara Quinn says, "You guys see that the GW40K heats use ITC terrain rules? Pretty interesting. I did not. I don't know what see that, that uh, where the bottom level is oh, okay. science stuff. Well, I mean, it's just, it just, it, it's just like, it just makes sense. It yeah. makes the game way more interesting to play it that way." Mm -hmm. um, Rad Bully said, "Green Knights need Forge World tanks, and all of a sudden they'll be great." Yeah. Come on, uh, Forge World, work some of your magic and just. You Roll know out of bed after if, a hangover and just if, make some rules. If the Grey Knights can use the Forge World Dreadnoughts, which they cannot, they would be 
so much better. Yeah. If they can take Contemptors, if they could take Leviathans, Derideos, do you know how much better they'd be? It would be very strong. Which is sad because you're like, you have to add these under-costed, you know, overpowered units that everyone else has access to to make them better. Well, but, the, the thing is, is like, the, one, it's really interesting that you say that because there's a lot of armies out there right now, like that the, the Ultramarines list that won the Throne of War, he had no troops at all. Mm-hmm. He had a spearhead, a super yeah. heavy auxiliary, and like a vanguard. Right. So he had like f- like seven CP or something because of G-Man, mm-hmm. maybe eight. And Dawn, a lot of his lists have like seven, mm-hmm. five command points. People are proving that you don't necessarily need it. Like my list, my Astro Militarum list had like 25 CP or something like yeah. that. So it's like you don't need that. And I, like we're really seeing it creativity. Depends on your list, I suppose, yeah. too, though. Because a lot of these units are so efficient, they don't need a whole lot. Yeah. Um, Grey King 1711 says, cheaper that they got missiles that can target models hidden in buildings. Yeah, smart SMS are super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Derradeo also has, um, a, if I remember correctly, has a no-look missile launcher as well. They're really good. Yeah. Greater Havoc missile, I think it's called. Yep, yep, indeed. Uh, the the Derradeo unit is amazing. This is Axis of HP. He doesn't like the model. I think the model looks really cool. It reminds yeah, me of Battletech. Okay. I like it. That's okay. The like Leviathan it. looks really cool. Yeah, oh, the Leviathan is so mm-hmm. G. Um, but it's, it's really neat to see the meta becoming so creative. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoying that. Well, I think if people, people are too afraid to bring castlins now, like you need to bring two castlins. <laughs> people wouldn't be ready for it. Dude, John, Salty John brought two castlins to the, uh, BAO and he went like one in five. Well, you gotta be a good player. <laughs> he too. went, yeah. he went undefeated the year before. Wow. Um, Interesting. Uh, Reese gonna get the get that new BattleTech as Red Bully. I don't know. I might pick up the BattleTech video game. I've heard nothing but good things, and it looks like a lot of fun. But I haven't played the BattleTech miniatures game in decades. It's yeah. been forever. The miniatures are just too ugly. Like, yeah. They well, they're just so they're just simple. It's just like here's a block. Yeah. Here's a stick man with a block head. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> that is that's it. That's literally it. And then the only ones that look good are the ones that they pilfered from Robotech. Like. Those are the only ones that look good. That the rest of them look so absurd. Boring to me. There'd yeah. be, I'd always see people playing it and they'd have the little notepads next to them and then, all right, point A hit, point two, five, six. And you're like, all right, good, sir. All right. Circle, then, yeah, fill in <laughs> three dots. It's so boring. But those guys, you know what? I can't, the guys were into it. Battletech so is a lot of they fun. Would, they would sit there all day and just yeah. do that. There's a lot of no fun. No terrain. It would just be that gridded mat. That was made out of plastic. No, it's paper. Or, or it was whatever. And yeah. they would sit there with like a cut, like one or two mechs on each side, and they would sit there for like 10 hours. And they're just like, all right, <laughs> right arm. Shoot, you have disabled my yeah. left arm. Well done, sir. Oh, He's God. like, oh, it's really heating up here. Uh, <laughs> nightmare. Anyways, uh, let's look at these commissions, though. Yeah. Mariana, Why don't we take a look up? at these? Uh... This is interesting. We actually um, had, this is from the same artist, too, by the way. He got two commissions uh, of the same models. It's Celestine and her her gals. Um, you know they're out for a night on the town. <laughs> you know, no husbands. Ladies yeah, night. No men. When you're feeling right. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna get free drinks. Ooh. It's gonna be great. Oh. So, uh, anyways, two very different color schemes. Two very beautiful looking commissions. Yeah. These are tabletop plus. Uh, this artist always puts a lot more into it, I think, than um, people pay for, and. Uh, just especially the snow basing on the, the the more traditional gold Celestine and her girls there. My the favorite thing out here is the little the little hair. Yeah. The little little skunk hairdos. They're like from Riverside. He's <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking the same. Right. Is that still a thing out there? Skunk hair? No. Oh man, for a uh, while that was. That's a super inside joke of anybody. Yeah. A regional joke. Um, and then uh, 
you know, and then the cool white color scheme, yeah. which looks really good. And, you know, he did the yellow on the, the wings just to kind of break it up. Um, both clients very happy with it. So, so funny that you say that because I was thinking the same thing. I remember Caribbean, my one yeah. girlfriend from Riverside had the Cruella de Vil. Yeah, you know, half black, half white. You'd see them, yeah. the girls. They'd you be could at, spot them instantly. They'd be at Applebee's with their boyfriend. Who had a dirt bike. He's wearing a UFC shirt, yeah. cap out. You know, he's got a lifted Ford F-150. With truck nuts. Yeah. It's very... <laughs> Very Riverside, California. <laughs> oh my, oh my. That, that is a regional joke if there ever was one. Do you one. know a funny thing I saw recently? It was a meme somebody put up. Uh, it's Kermit the Frog drinking the tea, that one. But it says, your shirt says UFC, but your body says KFC. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. That's great. That I've ever seen. I had to share with Oh, that's like, a good one. Yeah. That is, that's a good one. Got to get the spider web tattoo. And if you want to get punched in the face, there's something to say to somebody at a bar. Oh yeah. So anyways... Oh, man, that's yeah. a good one. All right, we'll jump in and answer any questions in the chat before we wrap it up. Uh, episode 600 and what are we on? 43, my Jeez. goodness. My goodness. Uh, Red Bully says, if you had eight hours to kill, go for it to play Battletech. Uh, yeah, indeed. If you want to shoot yourself in the head. Novastar 87. If you want the courage to do it. Did you see the new <laughs> Alien pen and paper RPG? I did not. I'd be interested in checking that out, though. Yeah, send me the link. Uh, Great King 1711 three contenders for the price of one night. Yes, please. Yeah, and we're seeing it ev like everywhere. Like I played Brett Perkins at uh, Throne of War GT. He had a really cool list. I'll talk about it really quickly because I thought it was very interesting. But he had three Derrideos, two contenders, which is horrifying to see that across the table from you because yeah. it hit so hard. Um, and I got lucky when we played. We played on a city table, and it had literally like nine buildings. I want to see somebody bring like three dreadnoughts with auto cannons. Well, you know, he had a oh, he had six dreadnoughts because he had I a he had a melee uh, yeah. a melee contemptor, and that thing gets like a billion attacks, and he would warp time it so that it could just fly up the table and get into melee on first turn. It was really really cool. Mm -hmm. But um, then he had a red corsair's detachment, and all the dreadnoughts are alpha legion, of course. So they're minus one to be hit. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but then he had a Red Corsair's detachment with um, the 15 units of Marines, and he would recycle them to bring them in your backfield. Um, and then the, the Red Corsair smash captain with a Thunderhammer, because he can move in advance, and then you warp time him, he moves in advance again, then he charges. He can yeah. go like 50 inches, like some absurd uh, stuff. And then he also he had the Awful Legion mm -hmm. um, uh, cultists, yeah. and then he could recycle them as well. So a uh, really cool list, had, really, uh, had strong board control, mm -hmm. really, really powerful shooting, had good melee. Psychic defense. I was like, that's ah, a good list. I like it. Um, but yeah, man, you're seeing those things everywhere. The mm -hmm. Derrideos and the Contemptors are probably probably underpriced for, yeah. for what you get uh, at this point in time. But like I said, take advantage of it. How do you guys like the new contrast paints? We talked about them earlier. Mimnomomo Builder. Um, they're very cool from what I've seen so far. Uh, will Jason cosplay Tom Bombadil to get that Lord of the Rings crowd pumped up for the LVO? Yeah, sure. <laughs> is uh, There is Lord of the Rings going on at LVL, right? GW is like helping out with that. Yeah, nice. now that I'm back from vacation, I'm going to try to Very work on cool. getting that done. Yeah. Uh, Don the Magnificent says, Daredeo shoot more shots and have the ability to shoot out of line of sight. They are flat out better than a contender until you get within eight inches. Mm. But then again, you can only take three of them. Yeah. Right? So then that's why people start taking contenders because they want more. You need, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or, and a Leviathan. Leviathans do punishing damage when they get close, though. Yeah. Oh. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us for episode 643 of Signals from the Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it. It's good to be back. And going forward, we'll be back onto a regular schedule. Yep. So until then, happy gaming, and we will talk to you all next week.
See ya.